podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Cinnamon rolls and chili on a crisp November day. In the heart of football season, Thanksgiving's on its way. Mashed potatoes, turkeys, green beans not from cans. The Bosco boys are thankful for our diehard bonehead fans. The boys are back. The boys are back, and K-State fans everywhere are celebrating three straight wins. Before we get into any part of the show, I want to give just a special memorial shout-out to my great-aunt Berta. She was a K-State fan. Uh, I loved her very much. Uh, recently passed away. Uh, just you know, putting it out into ether, giving her a public shout-out because while she wouldn't have hated or she would not have liked this show because I cuss way too much. She was very special to me and all my family. Uh, you know, went to K State games. She always loved watching it. She hated ESPN Plus, and she was the only reason why I didn't like ESPN Plus because she didn't get to watch games. Uh, she lived a great life. She was an elite human being, and I just wanted to give her a special shout out on this pod. Um, before we get into the banter, and we're going to have fun. I will probably say some words that Berta would not have liked. I want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Symbol. Because K-State won, and hell, the Chiefs won, you know, last Monday night. I'm getting a cash payout. That's because I own shares in K-State football and the Chiefs on Symbol. It is the stock market for sports. It allows you to profit off all your knowledge, and you can trade teams on Symbol just like stocks and earn cash payouts every time your team wins. Use your knowledge to buy low and sell high and earn cash payouts and join over the 7,000 early adapters who have already started to invest in their favorite teams. Visit www.simbull.com, that's symbol, to create a free account. And when you deposit, make sure to use promo code BOYS to make your deposit risk-free. Visit symbol.com, promo code BOYS, and your deposit will be risk-free. That means even if you lose money or you just decide you don't like it, symbol will refund your initial deposit, no questions asked. Join symbol today. Start investing and profiting off of your favorite team. Grant, uh, this is, what, the fourth time we've done a K-State KU show where we have beat them? I think when so. we started this, it was nine straight. Now it's up to 13. Or no, 10, 11, 12, 13. No. Well, I know we definitely did probably Bill's last one. Yeah, so was that was 10. Uh, we talked about that, and then, you know, climbing us three. So, Yeah. I think it's been four in a row. Yeah, four in a row, and we went from 10 to now 13. 13 straight for the boys. Um, 35-10. I mean, pretty – pretty. Uh, I, w- I would say accurate score to the depiction. I think we left some points on the field. We missed a field goal. They missed a field goal. They were going for it late in the game. Um, but we cover – shout out to our boneheads who all had – a lot of them had points. I stayed the entire game. And I was thinking about the boneheads who had money on the game because it was it was close to covering, but let, let, let's just call it a spade a spade. Uh, even if they would have covered, that would not have said anything about the two teams. I don't think – I think there's probably just about as much distance between the two programs as there ever has been in this new world order of the Sunflower Showdown. 
Yeah, I think if you're post, a KU fan, there's not a lot. There's not a lot you can take out of yesterday other than they were completely dominated. Um, 35-10, I would have liked to see more points uh, between us, but it was never in doubt. I mean, we were in control basically from the get-go. Um, defense was really solid. We were hitting hard yesterday, and, you know, they had no answer. They had no answer for us, especially the running game, which is really a breath of, a breath of fresh air, uh, something we've been – hoping to see for several weeks now. And of course, KU is the one we're going to do it against. Yeah. And, and it is nice to see that big running average. We'll get to the running backs. We'll get to the offensive line uh, in a bit, but also, you know, it's what it was the tech game and the TCU game where we keep telling ourselves, well, the, the run defense is really bad. Some of the worst in the NCAA, we should be able yeah. to gash them. Haven't been able to. So, even if you're trying to, uh, you know, kind of – I've seen a, a few places saying, oh, you can't take anything away from this game for K-State. It's just, oh, KU's that bad. I think there actually is a pretty legitimate uh, element to that. I'm not going to mm-hmm. make any grand statements, but you you pointed it out correctly. <clears throat> Being able to see the running game get whatever they want, I mean, just whenever – like Deuce was averaging over 12 yards of care. Like it was whatever we wanted. Um, that was really nice to see. Um, something I do want to point out because we'll, we'll get it out before we start talking about the individual performances. Um, I, I I think K State fans everywhere can look at the football stadium between the two in the state, and it's very mm-hmm. obvious. You know, we have it way better. But there's yes. something that I I think that in a lot of K State fans didn't go. I, I think it was probably fifty fifty split, maybe a slight edge of K State fans, not a packed house by any means none of that but something some stuff that for the k-state fans that didn't go that they wouldn't appreciate no wi-fi just disgusting they have to put porta potties inside inside the stadium because the bathrooms in memorial stadium aren't working that is the funniest picture of the day by far that blew my mind when i saw that because i didn't see that in real life but holy shit that's so good yeah and then here's the other thing their in-game stadium presentation is just straight up wild. Again, I'm, I'm predisposed to talk about some of this stuff because I'm, I'm friends with some of – I've been friends and am friends with folks who work on this with K-State. But the in-game presentation of video boards announcing, just accurately getting the down and distance up, Mitch Fortner on PA, all this type of stuff, just crazy. Like throughout the entire first half, they had the week zero and week one scores up. You know, they, the video board was going in and out. Uh, just horrible music. The, just not, nothing about the game presentation was good at all. And I've gone to so many different stadiums. It, it, the in-game presentation between PA, video board announcements, hype, videos, all this type of stuff, it, uh, it's, not, it's worse than Vanderbilt. It's worse, worse than UTSA. It is worse than Stanford. It was horrible. And I couldn't get over how bad the presentation of the game is like how how can a power five school like we, we've talked about the stadium at nauseum how do you have a scoreboard operator and a pa guy who's saying it's oh it's fourth and goal when when we just picked up a first down the down distance was wrong the, the entire game it just felt jv and i'm just shocked i go every two years and every time i walk away i'm just shocked at what ku football does on the field and what their stadium presentation's like. I mean, 
it's pretty shocking. There was a good there was a good portion of the game where the the one video board in the uh, south. Well, was, they only have one video board. Right. Okay. The one video board was just had a giant like black patch on it. Yeah. <laughs> because it was not working. It's just that part that portion of the screen just did not work. But and Katie know, runs out it. onto the field in the second <clears throat> half to surf in USA by the Beach Boys. <laughs> like what the fuck? I don't know. I was talking about it before the game. Basically the same thing about just how shitty like it's just the worst atmosphere, everything about it. it I just, it's just like I hate fucking coming to games here because, you know, even if even in 2019 when, you know, thanks to us, we basically had a sellout. Um, it's just so dead. Like it, it it's so fucking dead. And I, I remember going to like a KU game back in like 2008 or 2009 it was the year after they went to the orange bowl and they were undefeated they were top 25 they're playing a ranked opponent southern southern miss i think and i mean it was like sold out and it was one of the worst like game atmospheres i've ever seen coming off an orange bowl they just have no idea they have no like football culture iq they the fans are terrible it's just all pathetic. And yesterday, Jesus Christ, yeah, like quarter potties in the stadium, video board doesn't work. Um, Crappy videos, awful, awful. Crap songs, crap videos. Um, they don't, they didn't show highlights terrible. of out of town games at all. It's like, oh, here's one play from the Nebraska game, and we'll yeah. announce the Missouri score. It's just like, it, yeah, they announced. We're so time. spoiled that Brian Smaller does these live hits in between corners, quarters, and at halftime, giving us scores and highlights. Like it just everything about KU football is second rate, and it, it it's just hilarious that any person could go to a KU game and think, oh, you know, we're just we're just some facility upgrades away from going to the Big Ten. Like it is just <sighs> hilarious, and also their fans. Again, shout out, shout out to their fans for one reason, one reason only. They were even talking smack, you know, tailgating before the game. Like props to you. I'm thinking, all right, you know, good for you guys. Like at least you're bit you're you're being more chesty than Iowa State fans are before the game, you know. But then it's a, an an entire about face instead of like just either shutting up or like trying to keep trolling through the pain. They're just like oh, why would K-State fans even care about beating this bad team? And, oh, why are they caring about trolling a player like Gavin Potter? Like, are you guys serious? Come on. Come on, have a little bit more self-respect on the internet than that. It's one of my favorite tropes uh, when people say, like, triggered or rent-free. It's like, no, you're just being – you're just being cyberbullied. Like, shut up. Be better. Stop tapping. Don't don't just tap out. Accept your beating. Or don't say anything just, at all. It's weak. Yeah, it's very weak. All right, let's get into the game, though. Uh, like we said, 13 <clears throat> straight to K-State. Just absolutely dominant in this series from 1992. So basically for a 30-game 30, 30 period, we're 26-4, and four, um, 13 straight. Um, Gavin Potter, like, he is he's the villain that this game deserves, but he's not a good one because he's bad at college football terrible i mean he even decides to go for the cheap shot after getting pancaked all game and then instead of trying to like own up to it he's like trying to be this villain trying to be this bad guy he then flops when you know joe irvin who's like a foot shorter than him like pushes him like come on dude if you're gonna be a villain be a villain he is one of the biggest losers i've ever seen i mean listen i get it like even before okay so 
yes, he had this like spectacle of a signing day. Yes, he is a young college player. It is what it is. I remember both you and I, I think, vocalized when that happened. We were like, whatever, it's his, it's his decision. Let him have fun with his signing day. And we both kind of agreed with that. Um, but if you're going to do that, then, I mean, you can't be one of the biggest wankers ever and one yeah. of like the worst players on the team. Um, so I don't know. I, I think it's pretty fair play um, for people to be going after him basically constantly. Um, yeah. He's the only like college football player where I'm like, all right, fine. You know, go in on him because <clears throat> I mean, he, he does everything. Like he called himself Ray Lewis. He did the signing day thing. He does late hits, cheap shots. Like, okay, like he's probably the only guy I'd endure. And I, I'm not going to do it on Twitter. I'm going to do it behind a podcast you'll never see. So that's probably more cowardly. But like, man, if you're if you're going to be that guy, be that guy, and actually be good at football. You know? Yeah, I mean, like, I, I respect Baker Mayfield because he taunts people and all this type of stuff. But he's good at football. You know, I mean, Potter's terrible, and he's getting eaten alive basically from every angle. His own, uh, even on the you know KU message boards, they they're fed up with Potter. They hate him. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't last very long um, in Lawrence, which will be sad. That's going to make me really sad because I like watching him just get destroyed, <laughs> especially by us. Definitely. Uh, as we mentioned, you know, as always, K-State had a good showing about, I would say a little over half of the stadium was K-State fans. The other interesting take that KU fans tried to troll was, I would have thought more K-State fans were going to show up. Uh, I mean, okay, like when you – make the face value of your ticket $125 none of it gets to the secondary market like what do you expect they don't understand the economics of ticket sales Uh, but I I thought that was like the funniest cell phone Um, but getting into the actual stats of the game uh, 499 almost 500 yards of offense at KU's 274 time of possession K-State 32 KU 28 no turnovers for either team K-State very good on third down going six of nine didn't go for it on fourth down Hawks very bad on third down three of 13 did go two of four on fourth down penalties this is probably the one thing and again I this will not get fixed this year you just got to hope it gets fixed next year Uh, eight of 65 for K-State and four of 21 for KU and I think 18 of those yards or maybe like 12 of those yards because it was down near the sideline were the late hit on Potter and then a unsportsmanlike penalty after that. So don't like seeing that penalties, but again, it was just a dominant performance for KC. I don't think you can look at anything statistically for KU and say, Hey, at least we did this. I think KC, it was just a good old fashioned spanking. And if we would have had a little bit faster pace on offense, we probably could have scored 60. Yeah. I mean, I agree. Um, Would love to see the turnovers be cleaned up a bit, but Reality I mean, penalties because there's no turnovers. Right. Um, yeah. 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 Sorry. Penalties. Um, would love to see the penalties cleaned up, but I agree. Um, it was pretty much uh, a wholesale beating yesterday, um, even if the score doesn't. And the score does reflect it. We beat them by 25 points and covered. So that's a pretty dominating uh, win, you know, in its own right. But it could have easily been more. Um, but we were in complete control basically from start to finish. And, and it was good to see. Yeah, and I, I should have pulled it up before. I was actually sitting with good friend of the show, Jimmy Goheen. He was keeping points per possession uh, on his phone because he couldn't tweet it. Um, okay, so the, so K-State has played 168 games versus FBS opponents since 2007. 
This was the tenth game at at five points per drive or better. K State gained over eighty eight percent of the yards available based on starting field position. The Cats only had seven, uh, or uh, the Cats only had seven yards on non garbage or only had seven non garbage drives. Oh yeah, we only had seven non garbage drives, meaning that we you know we just dominate we we were scoring and picking up almost every yardage again people will look at the t- final score and be like oh only 25 points only you know you know 35 points all this type of stuff 20 all this stuff but it truly was dominant when you just look at the stats and do a deeper dive so i love it we'll, we'll talk about that said offense here in a second our offensive side of the ball is spo- sponsored by spotify green room we didn't go live after the exhibition game. Uh, I think folks can put context clues uh, together as to why that wasn't able to happen. Uh, but we will be going live. K-State basketball, uh, their home, their regular season opener is Wednesday, this Wednesday, November 10th. So instead of doing our regular Wednesday football show, we will be going live immediately after the K-State Florida A&M game. I'll say this again. We will not be doing our football live show. Our live show this week will be K-State Florida A&M immediate reaction. So if folks want to talk football, I'm sorry. It looks like the next two weeks we are going live on Wednesday to talk basketball immediate reaction. Maybe we can fit in a little bit of football talk in like maybe the 15, 20 minutes before tip off. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do that. We'll, we'll go live at six 30. We'll do a little football talk. Then we'll watch the basketball game and then we'll have an immediate live reaction for 30 minutes after that game. Uh, but that is what we'll be doing the next two weeks. So immediately after, or right before tip at 6.30 and immediately after the basketball game. So we'll get a little bit of football, basketball, double dip on Spotify Green Room. Download on the Apple, iOS, and Android app store. Okay, um, let's talk about the offense. We'll first talk about Courtney Messingham. Um, he had some wrinkles and they talked about, you know, doing that quick pitch play on second and short. I really like that. He was able to draw it out. I, I talked, I, I stole the stats from Jimmy, five points per possession and picked up 88% of the available yards based on uh, total starting field position. Uh, I thought it had a great one. He scored on the very first uh, drive of the third quarter, which was funny. Like the first play was kind of bad, and Jimmy was like, oh, third, third down offense, and the, or third quarter offense. And then we b- bust off that big play. I'm like, yeah, third quarter offense. Then we have to punt the next drive, and it wasn't a really good punt. Uh, so – I, I thought, you know, again, it's it's for the opponent. It was a get-right opponent. We were able to do whatever we wanted, passing, throwing. What did you think of the play calls? I, I really liked it. You know, you had the fake on the jet sweep. You handed it off on the jet sweep a couple times. A-gap power was there all day. It was just, you know, Messingham probably could have called whatever plays and he would have looked smart, but I, I was happy for Mess. I like to play calls, but I will say it is easier – to kind of call what you want when the running game is just there. Yes. Yeah. Like, you know, when you can hand the ball off and you're guaranteed minimum five yards or six yards, even more really. Um, then that gives you, that opens everything up. And that's, you know, that's the goal. That's the goal every week. That's what we talk about every week. Can we establish the run game? Cause then, you know, mess can kind of open it up a little bit, but I thought he was good. Um, and I was doing the exact same thing. I was after that first play of the third quarter, I was explaining to who I was with, 
um, you know, it's like every, basically every, I don't know, giving them the statistics of how many times we failed coming out of the third quarter. And then as I was doing that mid sentence, Juice catches the edge and he goes for what 70 plus. So um, definite foot and mouth there, but I, I mean, I thought he had a good game. Um, enjoyed the new wrinkles um, and hopefully we can build on that. And um, it's all about the run game. Yeah. Got to establish it. It'll be interesting if you added some of those new wrinkles, knowing they'd work against KU and then the, everyone else is going to have to spend some time like scheming up against it. And then we don't yeah. see it again, rest of the season. Uh, I, yeah. I think that would be an interesting move, but it, it was good. Uh, I next week, West Virginia's defense uh, is, is salty. West Virginia's defense is salty. So it, it's going, it's going to be just an ugly game. It's an 11 AM game. It's going to, you're going to feel like you went through a 12 round boxing match, just watching that game. So I don't think he's going to be able to uh, call whatever he wants next week, but I think it is good to get some of that confidence. We'll move into Skyler. Um, you know, 19 of 24 for 244, our friend Parker over at Stats of uh, War, he tweeted out today the top 10 quarterback performances based on his EPA uh, grading system. Skylar Thompson was number 10 in all of college football yesterday. So again, I think some of the haters will look at some of the missed passes, which there were missed passes. There were two very bad misses. He didn't, didn't get helped out by a drop by Sammy Wheeler in the end zone, but they, they would look at, oh, only 244 and one touchdown versus, uh, versus KU, but he was efficient. He made the right decision every single play. And again, the advanced statistics, the efficiency measure, measured statistics say he's a top 10 college football quarterback. So I, I'm very happy with it. He was cool, calm, collective back there. He completed passes to 11 different receivers, none of which were a matter baby, which was wild. Um, again, I got a little worried after that dirty late hit by Potter, but he popped up. He, you know, did, I think, two more drives. Like I said, uh, he, he missed two deep passes that were going to be touchdowns. But if you can have a top 10 performance, being the top 10 quarterback in college football yesterday with a C-plus type game, you know, I think that says a lot about who he is as a quarterback. And I know we come on here and say this, but I was sitting next to K-State fans in the stadium who were trash-talking Skylar Thompson during the game saying that they wanted anyone else. And it just so made my blood <laughs> boil. And then Justin, uh, my, my buddy Justin, he, he came over. He actually got into like a little bit of a verbal spat with these guys until they ended up leaving. They were just drunk idiots. But it's like how I, I guess it just kind of brought back to light that here, here Skylar Thompson is having performances like that and then he's getting heckled by some of his own fans in the stadium just it makes me sick to my stomach i mean they are who they are at this point um if you don't especially people like that um you know there's been an a, a, a skylar agenda for quite some time and it's black and white it seems <laughs> you either are or you aren't and it's very weird to me but um yeah he was really good on the day yesterday um disappointed we couldn't get the ball to baby um i don't get that but he probably can only take so many hits like yeah, in his body like and it's just like all right let's not waste it um the hit on potter i almost want to say that skyler was acting just a little bit because i feel like he might he's on, on, i feel like he's he's legitimately bigger than potter and you know, i've seen like the actual hit you know i mean i'm not saying it didn't hurt and you know he did probably go down but I do think, and I could be totally wrong, but it did look like he was acting a little bit because 
it wasn't like he barely moved when he hit, hit Potter because Potter's a little weak bitch. But so, so you're saying Skyler was doing a little bit it. of shit, shit housing? He had to sell it, you know. I mean, get the flag. I'm all for it. A little um, bit of conca calfing by Skyler. Yeah, maybe. Which maybe I love not. that. If that if that <laughs> yeah, if yeah. that's the case, I love that. But you know, okay, but that is like justified acting. Like yeah. if you're gonna get late hit out of bounds and you're like fucking cornerback, then sell it sure no i i agree but i mean i i don't know how much he was selling because climbing was pretty mad and even yeah. lance leopold like said a couple times in his post-game press conference that's not the team we want to be in all this type of stuff and was apologizing for it so i mean maybe but even regardless even if he wasn't hit, like, even you know even yeah. if like you're going to hit a quarterback that late while he's like standing up he's obviously given up on the play even if you don't like hit get him to the ground if you put all your effort into that like you're just you're just a dick yeah, agreed. But Skyler was good yesterday. 19 to 24 for 244 is a great stat line. Um, great pass to Malik Knowles, hit him in stride. Oh, perfect. And um, yeah, and he was flushed out of the pocket, kind of threw it on the run. Um, really good day. I mean, missing dues hurt, uh, but you know, that happens. Yeah, it, does. it happens. And then followed up by it, it was compounded by missing a field goal immediately after, and then them going and getting seven yeah, so they got their seven and, and but yeah it. i mean that was a great that was a great drawn up play and honestly if he did overthrow him one thousand percent deuce was completely wide open but if deuce just deuce kind of slowed down a little bit if he yeah was he wasn't he wasn't running line, hard out of the route it would have been he, perfect he in stride yeah it, yeah and it happens and, and that is not meant to be shaded deuce it happened he, i i don't i'm guessing it wasn't designed to go to him but maybe it was, it was. that open know. yeah yeah um, and then we got some garbage time, Will Howard. So I, I thought that this was very significant for uh, two reasons. Actually, the, there's three things I want to call out. First one, Jake Rubley did not travel. It was just uh, Skyler, Will, and Lewis. I think that is significant. Uh, you know, I know you typically don't travel for quarterbacks, uh, but you get the expanded roster twice a season. So I was a little surprised to not see Jake Rubley. The second one is, okay, Will Howard now has played in four games. There had been whispers that they wanted to try to save his red shirt this year. So it will be interesting if we were to get up big on West Virginia or Baylor or Texas, uh, would they burn Will's red shirt just to have him play garbage time or if we see him come out to do a quarterback run package and they burn his red shirt for that in any of the three final games or the bowl game, that will be something to keep an eye on. Uh, and then with Will's actual game, the good, uh, him running the ball, he had two big runs that got called back and then he had a good nine yard rush. Um, he did complete two out of his three drop that, or three passes, which is nice, but I'm just concerned. He still looks jittery when he goes back there. I'm still a little concerned uh, with Will Howard when you start looking at his handful of snaps and then start trying to project it out to next year. Um, did you have any major takeaways from Will's time out there on the field? Not really. I mean, personally, I thought he looked solid. Um, I don't remember him passing the ball though. Um, I think we were, you know, I do have a baby, so I had to kind of, I left about, seven minutes left on the clock okay. um so, so could, you didn't see it, but that's fine we had a really I, long but i was walking when we were walking in the car i was kind of watching it on my phone i legitimately um, think will howard is like a baby colin klein like colin klein light because <laughs> colin klein yeah. early on in his like junior year 
like he was kind of, you know, a little scatterfoot, you know, and he was a much more run first type guy. And again, yeah. you, you wouldn't think that would be Will's profile based on his high school, but I mean, maybe diet Colin Klein, Will Howard, baby Klein, whatever, you know, you want to throw on him. I think that's probably going to have to be the way we win next year. If he's yeah. the guy. He's just so young still like 19. 19 he's gotten 20. a lot of, you know, he got a lot of valuable game experience last season, but I don't really, I'm, I'm still like not that concerned. I feel like Will Howard is going to turn out to be kind of just fine for us. Um, it's early. I expect him to be making mistakes and looking jittery, like you say, but I think he's progressed well um, from, from last year to this year, you know, from what we saw. And obviously I know at Oklahoma state was a bit of a nightmare. Um, he had that huge error that really cost us, but I thought, you know, outside of that, he looked like he progressed well. His arm strength was nice. Um, he played well against Nevada. Well, he wasn't um, really good versus Southern Illinois. He was terrible against Southern Illinois, but I thought he bounced back a little bit after that. Um, so, so we just need I've to a lot watch of the Nevada game all offseason. Yeah, watch the Nevada game. Um, but he's, he's a solid runner. He does bring that into our offense, and, you know, he's a big kid. And I think he's probably just going to get a little bit bigger and stronger as he ages as well. So, um he just got to tighten the screws a little bit on the passing game. And I think he'll, he'll be fine. Yep. Uh, let's talk about the offensive line uh, for the most part, just dominated game. Uh, they gave up three tackles for a loss, including one sack, but allowed K state to run for 242 yards with an average of 8.1. Those numbers would have even been higher. If you take out the one sack uh, on Skyler, um, they did well. Uh, I think for all the, I, I, I would say for every single position group on the team, the offensive line performance is the one you can take the least from. I think mm-hmm. that KU's defensive line is just abysmal. So I, I, I'm, I'm happy. I, I'm over the moon. I'm, I'm happy that these guys got that game. I'm happy for Noah Johnson, who's become a punching bag for some fans, and I've ragged on him quite a bit. I'm happy that he gets that game where it's like, all right, he has that one that he can hold on to, hopefully build on for these final three games. Because all three games, as we saw – as we saw this weekend in college football, all three of these games are winnable. Uh, so if, if you, if that gets you your confidence going uh, for, you know, him, Ben Adler, Duffy, basically the, everyone who's playing on the right side of the offensive line, that would be big. We even saw Cooper Beebe at right guard for a little bit because uh, they, they were just kind of switching some stuff around and coach Klein was asked about and said that, Hey, some guys are just more comfortable on the left side. So that's why BB actually was playing some right guard. Uh, we know he's elite. We know he's uh, awesome. Um, is there anything you want to say about the offensive line, or do you kind of fall in the same vein as me? It's like saying, all right, this is the one position group where it's like, eh, you know, glad we dominated, but not really sure you can take anything. It's really been like the major difference between us and them for the last several years. We just completely own the trenches. Um, so yeah, it's hard to take anything from it, but it was a nice, comfortable day. Um, stat lines backing up their performance it was lovely to see us actually run the ball successfully. So nice day. I'm glad they could obliterate those losers. Yep. Let's get into tight ends and fullbacks. Uh, I'm going to preface this <sighs> by saying I, soapbox out. Say what? Get your soapbox out. I'm ready. Yeah, well, for no, you. no. So it is a little bit of a soapbox, but before I do it, I do want to say I like Ben Sennett as a player. Like mm-hmm. I, I probably would like be doing my whole bit that I do for Jax, uh, for Ben, if he, if Jax wasn't on the team and Jax also wasn't like just 
a short round dude. But Ben Sennett gets the one-yard touchdown carry, and I'm mad about it, and this is why. Uh, he, he's a good blocker, and you could probably even argue that he's better than Jacks. But when talking about Ben Sennett, Chris Kleiman, I think, maybe makes – not. I'm not going to call it a PA – like a – I'm not going to call it like a mistake, a PR mistake, but he's like, Oh yeah. When he's gushing about Benson, he, he talks about how he's from climbing in Messingham's hometown. And Oh, he went to the same high school I went to and all this type of stuff. I'm like, okay, that's cool. But Jax is playing against the team where all of his brothers, he had three brothers go to yeah. KU and play in his hometown. And if you're giving like a courtesy touchdown to someone at, at the fullback position, you choose to go to the guy who's from Waterloo, Iowa, so the dude who is from Lawrence, Kansas, so that bugged me a little bit. Yeah, and he was like one of your like early significant like message sending yeah. recruiting wins. Um, and I thought that was very bizarre. Yeah, really, really weird not to you know give Jax a chance on that one. Um, but you know, whatever. for what it's worth, Jax was celebrating hardcore with Ben when he came off. Jax was celebrating just as hard as anyone's. I don't think he cares that much. They did about try it. to hit him. They did try to hit Jax on a little swing yes. pass in the red zone, and he could not quite get past that defender. Yeah, the he couldn't make the first guy miss. Um, it, but but again, I, I I thought Ben and Jax both did great blocking. Uh, Kansas kid Barda was out on the field as well. He looked good. I, again, I love all of our fullbacks. I'm happy Senate got in the end zone. I hope Jax gets in the end zone. That's probably going to be Jax's last game in Lawrence, though. So that makes me a little sad unless he does, yeah. comes back for his super senior year, which I don't know if Jax is going to want to do that. I hope he does, but that makes me a little sad. But again, I, I like seeing fullbacks get in the end zone, no matter who it is. Uh, tight ends, Sammy Wheeler absolutely ate Potter's lunch a couple times downfield pancake blocks, had one catch for two yards, had a drop in the end zone. Connor Fox gets a catch for three yards. That was good. A bit surprised Danny matter did not get a target. But again, I, I think that they might just be holding that back the place yeah. for him for an actual competitive game. So I'm not going to lose sleep over it. Uh, yeah, any comments on the I mean, tight ends? Putting his body at rest against KU and we're basically in full control. Makes sense. No, All right, we'll get to well. running backs. Uh, let, let's actually, I'm, I'm going to just kind of knock out the lower stuff first and then talk more about Deuce. Uh, Jordan Chippers and uh, Jarkadia Wright got the carries in, uh, you know, cleanup duty. Good for Jordan, who is a special teams guy. And even, you know, Wright is out there on a lot of special teams. I, I think that says a lot about Wright's character. You know, he has all this talk about being competing for the number two spot. Doesn't work out. Has had, uh, you know, some had the fumble. He's seen his runs completely decrease. But the guy's still out there busting his ass on almost every single special team. So I want to give him credit. Then we'll go to Joe Urban. Great to see Joe Urban on the field. Nine carries for 60 yards. That's good for 6.7 yards per carry. One catch for 12 yards. How good was it to see Joe on the field? And before we talk about Deuce, we've said it a few times between the two of us. I, I truly do think he is the perfect complimentary back to who Deuce Vaughn is. He really is. Um, he's just so straightforward. But he looked great yesterday. It was just nice to see both those dudes running again. It was kind of – it really was kind of just like a – a Nevada replay. Um, every time either one of them touched the ball, you know, they could have broken it um, for a long run and just a joy to watch. I agree. I think, you know, you say cherish every game and get to watch Deuce play. I do think that Joe Urban cherish with Joe, cherish Joe Urban. Cause it's like this little tandem that we've kind of found here. 
is really solid. And I think Joe, you know, is just like very close, very close to taking the next step for us. Cause you know, he's had a couple of big games like he did yesterday and, and he's, he's, a, he's like just a step away from breaking one of those like Deuce did yesterday. So um, I actually think Joe Urban is the guy who he's like, I'm going to hit a double. I'm not going to swing for the home run. I'm going to get the double because when he gets the ball, it's like, all right, he knows where the first down marker is. He's yeah. going to get there at all costs. Like there was one time where he got the edge. It might have actually been on his pass that he got for 12 yards. Um, mm-hmm. it, I, I think he sees the first down. Instead of trying to stutter step or make that move towards the inside to take it all the way, he's like, no, I'm going to pick up that first down. I'm going to put my shoulder down. I'm going to put a little paint on that guy's helmet. I'm going to pick up the first down, not really worry about it. When Deuce, on the other hand, we saw him. He's like, no, I'm going to take yeah. this dude's soul from his neck and then just score it. So I, I, I think Joe Irvin is fine hitting those doubles. And I, and I hope he I, – I, I don't want to see Joe Irvin go anywhere. So maybe get him some NIL money. Agreed. You know, get him in some commercials with, with Deuce Vaughn because he is the perfect compliment. But I love Joe Irvin, but Deuce Vaughn is truly like a special, special talent. Let, let's talk about him yes. because – he has 162 yards for three touchdowns running the ball. Those are career highs. 14.7. Let me say this again. 14.7 yards per carry. Then, not to be outdone, 60 yards on five receptions. Good for 12 yards a catch. Had over 220 yards from scrimmage yesterday. I I just – it's these games from Deuce where you, you realize, okay – we might go rest of our lives without seeing a college running back like this. And I was talking to Jimmy about this on the way out. You know, you look at Deuce Vaughn, he's this small guy. And I think it'd be easy for fans to kind of be like, Oh, you know, that this is one of those guys that no one knew was going to be good. They grabbed him. No one else had offers. No, we like beat Missouri in Arkansas. And he had some sec offers for this guy. He had some other big 12 offers. So this wasn't like some, oh, we found him and no one else. This wasn't a Darren Sproles recruitment. This was a recruitment that Chris Kleiman and his staff went out and won because they knew he was going to be special. So I I just, I want to give Chris Kleiman and all them credit for winning a recruiting battle. But now on the season, he has 866 yards and 12 touchdowns rushing, has another 411 and three touchdowns receiving, He's up over 1,200 total yards from scrimmage. This guy is going to have one of the greatest seasons in K-State history, and we all get to witness it. So just tell me what you saw from Deuce yesterday, and then just we're we're probably going to do this 100 times before his time at K-State's done, God willing. But just what sort of legacy is he starting to build for himself? Oh, man. Um, Two loving questions, I'm I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was great yesterday. Just a joy to watch. He's he's legitimately he is. I will say the reason that I decided to go to this game. Um, I wasn't planning on going. I had some friends in town, um, and you know the tickets were just. I was like, I don't want to fucking spend forty bucks for a ticket. I knew they would go down, but even then, on game day, they really didn't go down. Uh, but somebody, luckily, somebody hooked me up behind the scenes, and we got some cheaper tickets. But. Um, I was telling my friends, I was like, ah, we should go. You know, it's very rare. And these are KU fans too. Like they're not KC fans. And I was like, yeah, 
quote unquote fans. That's a good point. But great I was telling people, them, it was like great people, great people. They don't give a shit about KU football. They're more, you know, it is what it is, which is fine with me. Um, but I was saying like, we should go just to like legitimately watch Deuce Vaughn because he's going to have a crazy day. And I, every time I get a chance to see him in person, I, I want to go. So I was like, let's just, we'll find some cheap tickets. It's a beautiful day. And boy, Deuce, he backed me up. Um, a crazy day. 162 yards on the ground is obviously very good, but it's the 15, nearly the 15 yards per carry for me. And he's again, just an insane weapon in the passing game. Um, which is so nice. Uh, we really target him quite a bit too. It's like he, he's basically become a full-on receiver at this point, um, which I love, but I can't, I couldn't agree more. If you have a chance to go see Deuce Vaughn play, I mean, you have to do it. He's, he's a fucking sophomore and he's putting up these numbers and, you know, he's consistent. It's not like, you know, last year it was like, you know, Every once in a while, he would break out. He was still a, a great weapon, but he is like, he's truly arrived. He is, this is a, he's putting up all American numbers. You know, he, he's going to be a first team all Big 12 player, 100%. Get out and see him. He's unbelievable. Yeah. I, and he that, does it with style. That's the best part about Deuce Vaughn is like, it's not like he's just uh, getting these. I, I'm, I don't know. Who, who am I trying to, I'm trying to compare him to somebody who like is a good back, but like, Deuce is fucking electric. Like he, he's, he will leave somebody. You said it, he will snatch the soul from somebody in multiple times a game. You get to see him just like make unbelievable plays with great style. And that's what makes Deuce so fun. But he also has the, he also has the product and, and the statistics to back it up. So go fucking see him. Cause he's, he's a pimp. We get him for two more years at least. Well, I mean, he could go pro next after next year. I don't, I don't know what sort of decisions he'll make, um, but it's only guaranteed for one see. more year. Only guaranteed for one more year. Um, let's move on to the wide receivers because I, I want to say this about the wide receivers. I think th- they were objectively bad for Oklahoma State, and that really hurt us. But I think overall for the season, they've actually been a net positive, and I'm really happy to see how it turns out. Like This is exactly kind of what we needed. Malik Knowles has – a couple big plays, three receptions for 94 yards and a touchdown, two rushes for 14. One of those rushes was for 12 yards. So he, he gets big plays for you and he makes the big plays when he's asked upon. Then you have a bunch of complimentary guys. Cade Warner has become this nice little security blanket, three catches for 36 yards and like hand up. There was a point in time where I was saying this was like one of the most questionable uh, transfer pickups when he's become a reliable, good receiver. Landry Weber had one catch for 17 yards, but was on a third down. It was nice. How come came in in the second half? His catch was like a little tunnel screen, made a guy miss, picked up 11 yards. Garber, two catches for eight yards. He's starting to get out there. You know he has a role that he can fill on this team. Then RJ Garcia, my guy from Tampa, just someone who I, you know, I was hyping up after we got the commitment. He's starting to get on the field. Uh, kid is going to be a stud. I promise everyone he is going to be a stud. He got a catch for six yards then had a rush for three yards, but you have all these complimentary guys who, when they're called upon, they can do, they can catch the ball. Most of the time we had some drops today, but Hey, it is what it is. Um, but when they're called upon, they'll make the catch. And then you have one guy, Malik Knowles, who has the game breaking ability. Um, am I being hyperbolic when I say that, you know, this performance by the wide receivers is basically, 
what you can hope for. Again, maybe like a couple guys get a few more catches, but you have Knowles with his game-breaking play and then everyone else just being role pieces. Um, I mean, I don't think you're being hyperbolic. I think that this unit is starting to kind of click. It's starting to come into its own um, skin a little bit better. Early on, we were just a little unlucky. Um, you know, a combination of, you know, the wide receivers not being on or having quarterback struggles in that stretch um, really kind of compounded these this wide receivers flaws but but if you look back at it really the wide receivers had one of their best days against oklahoma uh we just couldn't get a fucking defensive stop um you know 11 imagine where we are if we somehow find a way to win that we game. beat ou if we beat if we win one of those damn games um but anyways um where was i i mean yeah okay so we hit how many hit 11 different players yesterday not all receivers but um i think this is kind of what you should expect out of them. Um, we do have a lot of different like complimentary guys. It's, it's the Knowles thing where you need, you need that big day from Knowles basically every week um, to kind of open things up for everybody else. Um, and again, I think a lot of it comes back to the running game as well. The fact that we could dictate the game with, you know, on the ground makes things so much easier for the wide receivers, but um, you know, they had a good day at tech. Uh, they had, you know, Knowles had a pretty solid day against TCU and um today or yesterday was good too and i think they're starting to build on it and you know at this point this is skyler's last go he's got four games left uh yep is that right four yep. okay three regular four, season plus the bowl four games left and you know he is locked in and it's not going to get any better for us at this point as far as chemistry goes between skyler and his receivers so it's now's the time to really be be clicking um if we want to make this season you know very good instead of just pretty good so we've got a chance and i don't know the problem with the receivers in the past is just they're they've been so inconsistent um and Knowles, you know he was good yesterday but we've seen him like drop that pass before that's true we've seen him drop that pass this year and it's just like you can drop that pass yesterday against ku because you're going to get a chance again, or we can just hand it off to Deuce and Joe and March 60 yards. I, it's, I want to see Knowles catch that, you know, against at West Texas, Virginia. At Texas. West Virginia. Baylor. Baylor when it's a close game and he's got, you know, a little more blanket coverage on him. Can he go make that play? So, I don't know. Um, it's good to get, you know, get some kinks out and just batter KU. But, you know, they did, they did play well in the two games previous so i do kind of feel like maybe they are hitting their stride a little bit definitely all right let's talk about the defense and no this is not an actual sponsor but it's something i care about if you want a pet go to one of the great uh, adoption agencies or shelters in this great country adopt don't shop if you want a great dog or a good cat because i'm sure there's good cats out there go adopt one today all right macro defensive uh talk uh, Klanderman was having a great time down on the field after the game. He was doing like the stupid wildcat hand sign. He was jumping around. He has to be feeling a lot better seeing that we're on a bit of a hot streak. Uh, you know, you after that first quarter versus Tech, they've been pretty good. And we've seen – and, hell, I mean, we saw what TCU did to Baylor yesterday. That was definitely a capable offense of putting points up, and you shut them down. And KU has put up points on teams – 
you know, well, not a lot of points, but, you know, we, we, we shut them down pretty good yesterday. So he has to be feeling a little bit better, feeling some of the heat come off him, whether or not he should or shouldn't have the heat come off him because, you know, the defense was what it was in those, those three losses. You know, there's, there's no taking away from the futility it was those three games. But he has to be feeling good and having a little bit of side relief now that they're taking care of business versus the teams they need, excuse me, need to be dominating. Yeah, man, it's hard not to look at those three games and just pull your hair out. Um, but if you look at how many games have we played? Six, six and three, played nine games. Um, on the, been good you know, for as us. a whole, it's been the defense has been okay. Like I would give us a B minus on the year. Um, those three games were so fucking bad and I would love to, I wouldn't love to, but maybe going back and like somebody watching that and really seeing where we went wrong because I don't know. I mean, obviously the difference is we played three far better teams probably, but it was that situational D we just could not get any breaks. We couldn't get off the field when we needed to. And the offense was, you know, okay, but, uh, I don't know. I think Clarenman definitely is breathing a sigh of relief. Can he continue this stretch? Because this is a weird coaching staff. We we go ups and downs. It's so let's see what let's see how the final three games go. Um, I'm not failing Clanderman out oh, yeah. yet. I'm, I'm not absolving Clanderman. Yeah. I'm just saying like he has to be feeling all right, definitely that he can feels take better. It. Yeah, for sure. Um, and last week was really impressive um, to do what we did against that explosive TCU. Um, TCU offense is far more impressive than what we did at KU. So um, I don't know. I mean, he's definitely figured it out a little bit um, because I do think a lot of those three losses was the secondary was just being put into horrendous positions. And Hey, we got to be honest, maybe Chris Kleiman has taken a little over on the defense because he's a secondary guy. That's true. Secondary looks a lot better. I don't know, but um, regardless, I don't care who it, who it is, the defense looks night and day better than that three-game stretch. So, And guess what, Scott? It all starts with the fucking defensive line. Let's oh, yeah. Away. Yeah, Felix, I mean, he got another sack. And, again, KU has actually given up some of the fewest sacks in the entire conference coming into the game. I think that has more to do with their passing tree or just quick. Their quarterbacks are always on the move, rolling out. It's not traditional drop back, three, five, seven step. Um, but Felix got that uh, sack. He is a half sack away from having the K-State record all to himself. Actually, he's a half sack away from tying the record, a full sack away from having the single season record all to himself. Also got his tackle for a loss. Uh, and I think the the campaign is still going for defensive player of the year. I think K-State fans really need to start taking it to Twitter and making sure that there is an actual movement for Felix for Big 12 defensive player of the year. Um, I'm probably going to shoot out a tweet like right when I let you talk about Felix. But also what's funny is they were double and triple teaming him. Like they would have double teams and they would have like the running back try to chip him high. Like anytime they had any sort of pass and the dude was still able to be disruptive. He came very close to a couple more sacks too. Uh, what'd you think about Felix? And I think he's almost get kind of getting into that Deuce Vaughn level of, Hey, show up and cherish Felix because he will be, he, he is going to go pro after next year. It, it, and, and that's a good thing. If he goes pro after next year, that means he has another great year. And I would much prefer that instead of him taking a step back and coming back for his senior year. So what do you take from uh, Felix's uh, game yesterday? 
Um, it was great. And I think, you know, if, I mean, if Felix can get a sack a game the remainder of the season, because it's very clear that people are paying attention to him at this point. I mean, we saw it at TCU live. They were doubling him. They were holding him. They were trying to chop him with running backs and it didn't matter. He ended up with six sacks yesterday from the get go. They were doubling, tripling, trying to do anything they could to stop Felix. And he was still being very disruptive. He came away with one sack, but he opened a lot up on the opposite side of the line because of all the focus they were putting on him and uh, allow the linebackers to kind of shoot through those gaps as well. So I agree. He is unbelievable and he's very young and I'm super excited. I hope Deuce comes or not Deuce Duke comes back next year um, with the same level of explosiveness, explosiveness that he's had in the past. Cause I, and desperate to see these guys on the opposite end, just terrorizing people. Um, but Felix, agree, get out and see him. He's He's got to break that K-State record, I would imagine. Yeah, I, I think something bad would have to happen. Timmy Horn, disruptive. He got a tackle. Trussell got a tackle. Boom got a tackle. Lots of dudes rotating in and out. Hence was out there. And, and defensive line guys, for the most part, are a lot of uh, grunt work for not a lot of love, but they just – utterly dominated the trenches and uh just you know they they held Devin Neal to his second lowest uh yards per carry average all season Devin Neal is a good player I really wish he was a K-State Wildcat um I I will never say anything bad about Devin Neal but the defensive line did a great job allowing the safeties and linebackers to make plays I do want to spotlight uh Nate Nate Matlack real quick because he also had a really good game and he was able to show his defensive ability and he made a big pass breakup as they were driving on a third down and I I just think that he is just a guy who Felix is getting the love and he deserves it Felix is an all-american candidate but I really think that Nate Matlack kind of similar to Joe Irvin is one of those great complimentary pieces to King Felix he's a different type of guy he does he has a completely different type of game he's really more of a speed rusher coming from the outside trying to beat beat the tackle and then come back and get the quarterback from behind but I think when you have a guy like Felix who can take double teams triple teams at times that's where Nate Matlack I I'm gonna say this right now I think Nate Matlack will have two or three big time sacks in the final three four games because you basically have to shift your entire protection to focus on Nate or on on, uh, Felix and Nate is going to get one-on-ones with a right tackle and then beat him and get some sacks so I, I just wanted to give him a shout out because he looks good out there and he yeah. won't get the love that maybe he would have otherwise, but I think he is going to have big plays because the defense has to put so many resources towards Felix. Yeah, I agree. And he's shown that when it does break down, he's got a lot of like straight line, uh, great motor too, tracking speed, um, around the edge. But, uh, I tweeted this and we should say it again, buddy Wyatt, I think deserves, uh, quite a bit of praise for how these defensive ends are (laughs) developing. And, you know, I don't know if he was involved in or directly involved in recruiting these fellas, but they are performing at a very high level and they're very young too. So the future is super bright. I'm excited for the, for Matt Lack. I'm excited for Felix Duke to come back, but even excited, more excited for the next guy after Matt Lack, who's going to, you know, pop up out of nowhere and uh, contribute buddy white's been great yes all right we'll get into linebackers daniel green led the team with eight tackles two tack two and a half tackles for a loss daniel green continues to have a very good season austin moore got the start 
uh, because Cody Fletcher was still banged up. He had five tackles. Fletcher did get out there, had four tackles. Nick Allen, three tackles. Kansas kid Ryan Hennington got a tackle, played quite a bit. Um, I, I think this is probably second to the offensive line because, uh, you know, the defensive line was able to really handle them, allowed the linebackers to make plays. I don't know how much you can take away from it, but it was good to see Deuce Green really out there thumping pads, having another big game. Uh, Cause I just love that kid. His story is great. So it was fun to He's see good. that and see some of the other guys kind of, you know, have complimentary games. I agree. Uh, Daniel Green is a very hard hitter and I like him a lot. If we can get a second linebacker to play alongside him, that's actually, you know, good on his level. Yeah. Man, I mean, I, I think that'll be something that they go after in the transfer portal. And I, I think so any hard. Yeah. And, and I think any linebacker watches the games and sees, okay, Daniel Green's able to do this and, oh, if Cody Fletcher and some of these guys can do that, imagine what I could do. So I think this defense could be very, very good, uh, you know, in that back seven, if they can get another playmaker uh, at linebacker. Secondary, we're just going to start with this guy. Echo Boydo had another great game. He had four tackles, uh, but he had two uh, pass breakups. One of them was a tackle for loss. He's back home. Lots of praise from Coach Kleiman in the post game. It was good to see because I, I think sometimes it gets lost because teams don't try them. But getting two pass breakups, being there to come up and thump for a tackle for a loss in that game, I thought it was really fun to kind of see people challenge Echo, them not have any chance. I mean, there are a couple yeah. times they went at him and they just threw it, threw it away and the wide receiver was like, where, where's the flag? There has to be a flag. How could he be guarding me this well? No, he's just perfect. He's just a legitimately great cornerback. I agree. It was fun seeing him like be targeted, um, but to no avail for KU. He's he is Echo Island. I mean, he's he's a big time stud. Uh, suck to see Brents get banged up. Left yeah. early. Hopefully, he'll be okay. Um, you don't need J-Mac. to try to run him back. You know, no. for a game like that. Um, J Mac. I, I think you were going to get into it. Seven tackles, one and a half tackles for a loss. That's the good. Um, but I, this is something that you talked about, you know, with Cole, you talked about it the week before J Mac for all the things he's good. I, I think it was with me, you year. called him a bit, big hit merchant. Well, he, for, for that touchdown KU did, he tried to jar the ball loose. He tried to have that highlight play instead of wrapping up. Well, uh, Lassiter, I think is the KU wide receiver just bounced off him. And then he got into the end zone. You, you hate, you hate seeing that. Uh, but that is his fifth win versus KU because he's played in five games, you know. Yeah. Or was he a JUCO guy? Mm, he actually might have been a JUCO guy. I, I don't know. But he beats him. He's close. I'm glad he got that. But, again, uh, for all the good, there was, of course, that one very glaring bad moment. Yeah. It's been kind of – excuse me. It's been kind of a rough year for J-Mac. Um, but – it is what it is. The Ultimately, I'm glad he's back, but I, I hope some of the younger guys are ready to step up next year. I mean, I think they're already on par with him, basically. Um, if it weren't for, you know, kind of the revolver door uh, injury bug, I think probably the younger safeties may have already surpassed him. But I don't think it's going to be as big of a loss as it, it felt like last year. Like, I was really happy to get him back, but – that was because the secondary was just had so many glaring holes. Um, we recovered well in the transfer portal and I kind of anticipate us to do the same thing um, next year going forward, plug in different holes, but Definitely. yeah, he's struggling. <laughs> I just wish he would fucking tackle people. Yeah, I agree. 
Uh, Russ East, three <clears throat> tackles. Reggie the, Reggie, the sauce boss, the legend, Stubblefield, had a pass breakup, three tackles, swagged all over. Got a late hit penalty, though. Um, not that surprising, but we, we love Reggie. And Reggie on Twitter, just amazing. amazing. Uh, the sauce funny. boss coming to K-State, this was a one-year gift, and I love it. Um, Sincere Mason, two tackles. TJ Smith had a tackle and a uh, pass breakup. Gardner had a tackle. Marvin Martin getting out there, true freshman. Had a tackle. Ross Elder made a tackle. Ross has looked pretty good in the last few weeks. I'm happy to see him kind of take a step forward. I think you still, we, we definitely need to find some more safeties in the portal, especially because, you know, we play three safeties quite a bit. Uh, but I thought, I thought Ross uh, had a good game. My biggest complaint, and this does come to the safety, and quite frankly, not safeties, uh, but the entire secondary, quite frankly, I think this is just the way they're coached because we've seen this in the entire era for Chris Kleiman on uh, trick plays and play action passes, but yeah. KU's three, really their only three plays of offense came on these play action boots where they got big plays because when it comes to run support, our secondary really does go all in on it and you're susceptible to this. But I tell you what, when we play Baylor in a couple of weeks, they're, they're going to just have a field day doing some of these play action, uh, you know, trees, play action series. Um, and, and that's going to be tough to recover versus Baylor if we can't find some sort of balance of that aggressive nature versus making sure that you're still in your pass assignment. So it's going to be something to look at over the next couple of weeks. Got anything else on the secondary? No, I'm good. All right, uh, Symbol, we talked about them uh, earlier. You can make money two ways on Symbol. First, every time your team wins, like the Cats did, you get a cash payout. Second, just like the stock market, if your team, if you think your team is going to increase in value, you can buy low and sell high for a profit. Use promo code SD or Boys. You can choose, but I, I would choose Boys. So use promo code Boys for your first deposit being risk free up to five hundred dollars. That means if you're in there for a few weeks and you don't like it, if you're losing money or just isn't cool to you, just take it out. They will refund you, no questions asked. So get over to Symbol today, promo code BOYS. All right, kicking, punting, uh, not good. Tenet, after a great game versus TCU, missed a chip shot, easy field goal. He did hit all five of his extra points, but if we're going to do this whole, okay, he's going to be our kicker for the next four years, I mean – you can't be doinking it, you know, from 26. Yeah, that was a bad miss. Just a bad red zone trip altogether. And I want right, to go for he'll it. He'll be fine. Too. I mean, he's, yeah. I know, me too. Okay, he's, what's he's, with that? He's young. He's young. I get it. But still, you can't, can't do that. Um, let's see. Zentner, one good punt, one horrible punt. Ultimately, doesn't matter. But, you know, you can't be having like a 19-yard punt in the next three weeks if you want to win. Return game. Brooks had two good punt returns. I thought he could have taken either one of them back. Didn't quite do it. <sighs> Ultimately, uh, just a meh, whatever game from uh, special teams. Nothing that crazy. Let's get into Keys to V, sponsored by Spotify Green Room. Uh, so this is the deal. We are going to go live at 6.30 for a quick football chat. It'll be super quick. We're getting game predictions and maybe one hot take uh, from the previous week. And then we're going to be going live immediately after the basketball game for 30 to 40 minutes. Uh, that's going to be the next two Wednesdays. Uh, so that's what we're doing. We're going to have fun. Spotify, Green Room, download. We're going to have a ton of fun all basketball season long. So let's grade our keys to be. I have a feeling this is going to be a great keys to be, especially on number one. Yours was 
murder them in the trenches on both sides. That has to be an A plus. It is an A plus. Yeah, that, we, that we was, definitely. Did. It's always the difference, really. It has been in the last, you know, several years. They just were so fucking far, head and shoulders above them on, <clears throat> on the trenches, and it was good to see. All right. Well, I love that. Uh, mine is absolutely spank them. Uh, this is another, you know, new KU coach. Uh, you just need to spank him like we did Les Miles. I'm going to give it uh, a minus. I'm not, I'm not going to go quite all the way. 25 points dominated them. If you truly wanted to spank them, I, I would have liked to, you know, get into the forties, but I'm going to give an a minus. I think that's I think fair. That's fair. A minus is good. Um, Mine is uh, continue defensive energy and progress. I'm giving it an A. Um, defense was real solid on the day. They basically didn't get anything going. A couple of missed assignments. Um, we did let them get in the end zone, which made me sad. But pretty much in control all day. Yeah, I'm so gonna give a. I'm gonna give them another A minus just because they did get a touchdown. It was because of bad tackling. Final key to V was mine. Swag on their ass. Get some taunting penalties. Celebrate big time. They. It was, it was pretty subdued. I mean, th- there was some celebrating. There was some chest pumping. They did had a lot of fun on the sidelines. They did great with the trophy celebrations. There's a lot of pictures. Jalen Pickle was really having fun on Twitter after the game. Reggie was having fun on Twitter again. Uh, I'm going to give it a C plus. They definitely could have swagged a little bit more. Uh, passing grade, I, I was I, maybe like one great celebration away from giving them a B, but I'm, I'm going C plus for that one. I think that's fair. Let's get into the game balls. Yes, game balls, offense, special teams, uh, defense, whatever. You, anyone who's listening, they know how we do our game balls and swagger stickers. Grant, uh, who's getting your game ball, number one? My offensive game ball, I'm going to go to Malik Knowles. Uh, three catches for 94 and a touchdown. It was a good catch. Um, big, strong, uh, deep catch and run and was able to break away <clears throat> from the defender. So good touchdown for uh, my boy Malik. Yeah, mine is definitely going to Deuce Vaughn, a record-breaking type of game. Uh, just great, great performance for Deuce. So he's getting my game ball number one. Who's getting your defensive game ball? I'm going to give it to Daniel Green. Uh, he was really solid on the day. I think he said eight and a half tackles um, and two for, for a loss. Um, he's really come into his own as a, a power five Big 12 linebacker. I think he's got all the parts. And if we can just get him a partner – then I think, you know, he could take even more steps forward. Uh, yeah, he had eight for two and a half. So I think that's great. I'm going to go with Echo back in his hometown. Echo Island is a real deal. He finally was able to kind of show off his skills because they actually threw at him, got a couple pass uh, breakups. So I'm going with Echo. All right, uh, Swagger Sticker. Grant, who are you giving your Swagger Sticker to? I'm going to give it to Kleiman. Uh, 3-0 against KU, another new KU coach. Another dominant performance. Um, he went and collected his rent in that stadium, and um, long may it continue. Yeah, I mean, he has what two wins in that stadium? How many less miles have in that stadium? Two. He beat Tech, and I don't know. I think he got a non-con win versus an FCS team. Because didn't he go two and ten this year? I think. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so that's that's funny. I think it's funny. All right, uh, my swagger stickers are going to go to Taylor Bratt. No one wants this game more than Taylor. He was hyping up the K-State sidelines. He's taking pictures with the trophy. I think, I think you know, I, I don't know if this is true, but I think K-State lets him keep the trophy over the weekend. 
so I, I think he just, you know, honestly carries around his trophy around like it's his, you know, fourth kid. So he deserves that. No one bleeds the state of Kansas and Kansas football, like state of Kansas football, like Taylor yeah. Bratt. And he's a fifth generation Kansan. His dad has been coaching in the Juco ranks for like 40 years. No one cares more about this state and the high school football players in this state like Taylor Bratt. And having so many more Kansans on the team versus them and what he's able to bring to this rivalry, uh, no one deserves it more than him. So he gets my swagger sticker. Um, So that's all we have. Um, It was another just great, fun game. And we're going to be coming to you – Wednesday in your ears for the K-State West Virginia preview. Remember, we are going live at 630 uh, before the K-State basketball game to do a little football live show, uh, a 30-minute live show, and then we'll do a 30-minute reaction after the basketball game. Um, So, yeah, that's our live schedule. Check out Symbol, promo code BOYS for a 500 deposit, risk-free deposit to get in the market over there. We love you guys. 13 straight for state. I'll say it one more time. 13 straight for state. That's all I got. Uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Um, folks, we did it again. Meet me at the cat head. It's time to get set for the cat attack. Network.